You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It's your boy, as always, Sosa Kermendez, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to the last episode, the Friday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. I appreciate you guys for always tuning back in with me and listening to my voice because this is what we do at the Locked On Rams podcast. And today's episode is going to be a fun and interesting one. We're going to wrap up our coverage of the Senior Bowl in segments two and three with the players that stood out in day three of practice as well as just the players that stood out throughout the three days of practice because the game is going to be on Saturday. I do not recall at what time Saturday afternoon for those on the Eastern time zone. Uh, It's going to be a good game, but the game is typically not where people put their stock. It's what the players do in practice, how they take to the coaching of the Dolphins and the Panthers staffs, which are coaching the two sides right now, and what they do against the competition in practice. Those are the things that matter the most, and that is exactly why we're going to put more stock into which players stood out over the last three days as opposed to the game. And the final topic for today's episode is going to be a very, very interesting one. It has to do with the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. This is a story that is not going anywhere, so I would suggest that we all get very comfortable and used to hearing the talk about Deshaun Watson. Every single team in the NFL that doesn't have a quarterback named Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers and you know maybe one or two more should absolutely be calling the Houston Texans right now to ask what the price is for the 25-year-old superstar quarterback formerly out of Clemson formerly called the Michael Jordan of football by his college head coach, Dabo Sweeney. He wasn't lying. This guy is obviously so special. Everyone knows what Deshaun Watson brings to the table as a football player, as a leader, as a guy in the community. He's someone you can trust, obviously, in every way, in every facet. But now, more interesting news has come out on the Deshaun Watson front, and this is just speculation, so please take it with not even a grain of salt, but let's call it a boulder of salt, right? Doug Gottlieb of Fox Sports 1, according to his hypothesis, has come out and said he thinks that Deshaun Watson's endgame is that he wants to play for the Rams. That is pretty interesting, obviously. Uh, I'm sure that that's going to be something that Rams fans are absolutely in love with hearing. You know, for me, it's very exciting to think about the possibilities of a Deshaun Watson-led Rams offense with Sean McVay calling the plays designing the plays, utilizing that mobility, his strong arm, his ability to read and break down defenses, his ability to create out of structure, and his willingness to push the ball downfield while still not putting the ball in harm's way. This guy has a special ability to create big plays on the offensive side of the ball, whether that be with his legs, whether that be with his arm, whether that be with his legs until he gets to scramble and then uses that arm. So this dude can really do everything. And I'm not really sure where Doug is basing this argument off of, but the more I think about it, the more I really believe that the Rams are going to be a legitimate and true player in the Watson sweepstakes. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport also came out yesterday and said that over half the teams in the league, so over half the teams in the league have already called the Houston Texans and have packaged and offered some sort of trade package for Watson. And now he said the Texans haven't budged and they haven't necessarily made him available technically, but 
Now the reports are out. The public knows he has officially requested a trade. It sounds like he's done in Houston. It sounds like he's going to eventually end up leaving, whether that be you know in the next month, in the next three months, six months, 12 months. It seems like the Texans and Watson are just not going to make it work. And we are in the day and age where superstar players kind of know their worth now. They know that you know, they hold a lot more leverage than they used to back in the day when teams would just happily let these guys hold out and not play football and force them to retire or something if they wanted to leave and were under contract, but not anymore. I mean, what's the end game here for the Texans? They basically have to trade them. If the guy wants to leave, what is their end game? Let your superstar quarterback sit and dwindle, you know, not even on the bench, but, you know, away from the team because he's threatening retirement and doesn't want to play. That's not going to make you better. That's not going to make anybody better. So if Watson wants out, he's going to get out. That's just how it's going to be. And I don't see why the Rams can't be a team to do it. Now, you know, it's going to be hard with the lack of trade compensation. The Rams obviously don't have a first round pick in 2021 and are going to have to compete with a lot of teams that not only have a first round pick in 2021, but maybe have two. And obviously those teams are going to be very enticing when it comes to potential trade compensation for the Texans. But The key in all of this at the end of the day is that Deshaun Watson holds a no-trade clause. So if you're Watson, why would you want to go play for the New York Jets? I mean, this is a team that hasn't been stable or good in, what, a decade since Rex Ryan was there? And before Rex Ryan, when was the last time they were relevant? This team is not somebody I would be dying to go to. And then you look at, you know, obviously they have the picks now, but when they acquire you, aka when they trade these picks and assets, to go get Watson, they still have a terrible roster filled with holes everywhere, and now they don't even have those assets to fill them. Does Watson make them a playoff contender? I don't think so. They're pretty much the same boat right now as the Houston Texans were last year, if not worse, right? And Watson dragged them to six or seven wins, whatever Houston got, but what is he going to do in New York? The same thing? That doesn't seem enticing, so why would you waive your no-trade clause for that? I wouldn't, but You know, it's all speculation right now. And that's why I do think the Rams are going to be a player in this one. I couldn't see many teams top the Rams on Watson's list. They might be number one. Why wouldn't they? He has a connection with Jalen Ramsey. They're good friends. They have the same agent. We're talking about Los Angeles here. If there's any place you can market yourself as a superstar, get those endorsements, things like that, it's going to be in Los Angeles. You can play with a superb head coach, a masterful play caller, play designer, a guy who's going to put you in position to succeed time after time again in Sean McVay. You're going to be throwing to great receivers. You're going to be playing behind a decent offensive line, good running back behind you, good tight ends. The Rams have made the playoffs three out of the last four seasons, won double-digit games three out of the last four seasons. Really, all they're missing right now is that superstar piece at the quarterback position. And like I mentioned, you know the Rams might not have the trade compensation right now to completely entice the Texans, but They can offer a first-round pick in 2022, 2023, and 2024. They will have to wait until the draft technically to offer that last one because you can only trade, I believe, two or three years into future drafts. But that's three first-round picks. You can offer second-round picks, third-round picks. And Watson's only going to account for $10.5 million for the inheriting team, whichever trades for him. That's very affordable for pretty much everyone. You know, the Rams would save over $12 million by trading Jared Goff. And we're not even accounting for those assets that they would get back by trading off to somebody. So they could obviously accumulate a little bit more in terms of draft capital, I'm assuming, and use that to go get a guy like Watson now. 
Again, this is all speculation. It's going to be a long time, I feel like, before we finally hear what's going to happen in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And that is exactly why I've been keeping my eyes on the quarterback position at the Senior Bowl. And that is exactly what we're going to talk about in the next segment. We're going to start talking about which players stood out on offense at the Senior Bowl throughout the first three days of practice. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP, and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. You're one of a kind, and so are your taxes. That's why TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you're moonlighting as a rideshare driver and have questions about what qualifies as a deduction. Maybe you want an expert to walk you through the process, since most of your income last year came from freelance jobs. Or maybe you'd like to hand the whole tax filing process off to an expert while you perfect your banana bread recipe. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert do the filing for you, TurboTax Live tax experts are here to help, giving you the confidence to know that your one-of-a-kind, uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last 26 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and have finally stumbled upon the Built Bar. You guys should honestly check them out. They're very delicious. They taste great. They've got a great texture and they got so many different flavors, 18 to be exact. So you can never really get bored. They're also healthy. They got 19 grams of protein per bar. They're low in calories, low in sugar, and they're high in fiber. And they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of the Friday edition of this podcast. I appreciate you guys for sticking around. I mentioned before the break that we're going to now dive into the Senior Bowl aspect of this pod and this episode, and we're going to begin a little bit better structured than we were yesterday. I want to start with the offensive side of the ball and talk about which players stood out on this side of the ball. We're going to look at quarterbacks, offensive linemen, a tight end, and a bunch of receivers because a lot of guys stood out here, and I'm going to begin with the quarterback position. I thought Mac Jones was clearly the best of the bunch, and that's expected. I mean, this is a guy who's very likely going to go in the top 15, top 20 picks. So you would expect a top 20 quarterback selection to likely be the best of the quarterbacks there. And that's exactly what he's been. Very good anticipation thrower. Very accurate. I mean, he's got such a nice throwing motion and nice ball. Very good with his decisions. I don't have really much to nitpick from him when it comes to the senior bowl. Now, he's not really going to be in the Rams range, so talking about him isn't exactly our best use of time. The next quarterback that intrigued me was Jamie Newman. I thought he was very inconsistent, which is basically the story of his career. That's really who he is. He's got a great arm, a lot of velocity behind his throws, can be very accurate. He's mobile, but at the same time, you know, there were a lot of balls that he was throwing very inaccurately. I felt like on day one, he was probably the best quarterback there, and then on day two and day three, He didn't look that good. So this is a guy, you know, who's going to be a mid-round pick and it explains why, you know, he's been inconsistent his whole career, really throughout college that continued at the senior bowl. But that isn't to say that he's not talented. That isn't to say he can't throw a pretty pass because those things are very true as well. The only issue is, is, 
You know, mid-round guys are not exactly top 10 picks. It's going to be hard to find a franchise quarterback after round one. We know that that's the case. And that falls true for this draft class for guys like Newman, Ian Book, Kellen Mond. All looked good at certain points throughout the Senior Bowl, but all very inconsistent. The next group that very much caught my eye that I probably thought was the best group out of any positional group there was the offensive line. I thought the offensive line was absolutely tremendous. Creed Humphrey, the center out of Oklahoma, one of the best players there. I mean, he was stonewalling guys left, right, and center in one-on-ones. He was looking good in run blocking. I think he has solidified his status as the center one in this class. He could very well be a late first-round pick, very likely going to be a second-round pick. I don't know if he's going to last until the Rams pick in the second round, but that would just be a home-run pick. You need a center with Austin Blythe hitting free agency, and Humphrey is absolutely a guy who's a plug-and-play starter at the center spot. He's not the only good offensive lineman, though. I looked at a lot of them, and they were very talented. The only other interior offensive lineman that I thought performed very well were center David Moore, who looked very good on day three in pass protection in one-on-ones. He was winning a lot of reps, very strong anchor. And Quinn Miners, the small school guy, he's kind of a folklore legend right now after the training videos came out from him carrying logs, Rocky style, things like that in Canada. And what's crazy about him is actually the third day of practice, he broke his hand and finished the entire day of practice. So you cannot question this guy's toughness. He was burying dudes on day two. He looked like the best offensive lineman there probably in day two. Very powerful guy. Loves to pancake people. He's clearly got some power to him. Uh, And this is a guy who I definitely think the Rams could very well keep their eyes on in the mid to late round three. After that, you know, day three, he's going to be a premium pick probably for somebody at that point. Some of the offensive tackles that caught my eye, James Hudson, the developmental guy from Cincinnati, just oozing all kinds of athleticism. Now, his technique was all over the place, and that was very, very noticeable because at times he was lunging like crazy. Uh, He sometimes looked like a defensive tackle trying to play offensive tackle, which is funny because he used to be a defender. So that kind of looks like his instincts start to kick in a little bit and take over his technique. But again, there are certain reps where he looks like an all pro. He's just so athletic. And if somebody can really tap into that and teach him more of the technique required to play the position, he could be a huge steal. Uh, And then the other guys that really caught my eye are some of the more earlier round guys, I guess you could say. Potential first-round picks, very likely going to be second-round picks. Dylan Reduns and Alex Leatherwood, I thought were both very, very good at left tackle. Now, I think Reduns was a little bit more consistent, and he carries his weight very well. He kind of looks like a tight end masquerading as a tackle, whereas Leatherwood was a little bit more inconsistent. He struggled. I believe it was on day one, but he really, really got it together after that. And there's no surprise that he's a potential first-round pick. He's clearly a guy that has played a lot of good football at Alabama. And that carried over into the Senior Bowl. And the last name at the offensive line position that I thought played very well was Trey Smith, the interior offensive lineman from Tennessee. Very powerful, very strong. He has positional flexibility. He could play tackle in a pinch. He could play guard. And the biggest red flag for him, I think, is going to be medicals, which he unfortunately cannot change at the Senior Bowl, or really at all in general, which is unfortunate for him, but we'll see what happens with that moving forward. The one tight end that I thought stood out, and this probably isn't really going to apply to the Rams, was Trey McKitty. I thought he was pretty much unguardable in one-on-ones, and he made more one-handed catches, I think, than I've ever seen combined from the remaining players that I've ever watched at the Senior Bowl over the last decade. He was just reeling them in one-handed 
one play after the next so impressive someone's gonna get a really good tight end there I think and it probably won't be the Rams but he was balling the wide receiver position is the last position I want to touch on at the offensive side of the ball and there are a boatload of names that stood out here so please stick with me to start I want to talk about some of the better route runners I felt like Kay Johnson Tylen Wallace Frank Darby all very very good route runners you can see them setting defensive backs up time after time very good releases very sudden with their breaks. They got very good rocker steps. All guys that I think are going to be mid-round picks and guys that are going to probably produce and start for NFL teams. Some of the other names and bigger ones, I guess, more shake to their game. Guys like Demetric Felton out of UCLA, Shai Smith, Amari Rogers, Dwayne Eskridge, Kadarius Toney. You know, we're talking about some guys that could be potential first-round picks, some of them second, third-round picks, maybe the bigger names, but all of these guys had so much agility, so much acceleration. They could barely get touched by cornerbacks, never mind getting covered. I mean, a guy like Amari Rogers, I don't think there was a rep where a cornerback was within five yards of him. This guy has so much shape coming off the line of scrimmage. They all showed so many different various releases, so much short area quickness that doesn't allow cornerbacks to ever get comfortable. And as soon as they get flat-footed, it's over. And they always do because these guys set them up so well And that is why they continue to win at the Senior Bowl. And I think there's going to be a lot, a ton of really good receivers coming out of this class. And the Rams may not very well be interested in drafting one very high, but I do think that they could look low-key at drafting one of these guys or somebody else at the receiver position in the mid-rounds because they are likely going to lose Josh Reynolds in free agency, as well as Gerald Everett, who is a tight end, but he does play a little bit of flexed out wide, so he could essentially also be considered a little bit of a wide receiver. And I do think the Rams would be wise to continue investing in that offense. Talking about the offense, we're going to flip to the other side of the ball in the next segment and highlight the best defensive players from the Senior Bowl over the last three days of practice. And make sure to check back on Monday when we continue our offseason coverage related to the Los Angeles Rams. Are we ready for the Super Bowl? The Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are set to kick off the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, the first time a team is going to play in their home stadium at a Super Bowl, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Welcome to the final segment of this Friday episode of the Locked On Pod. I appreciate you guys for tuning back in and sticking around this long with me. And I mentioned before the break that we're going to dive into a few of the defensive names that stood out, some of which I think are going to be targets for the Rams, and some of which may not be because the Rams could be richer at those positions. So we're going to begin on the defensive line, and there are two interior defensive linemen and two edge rushers that caught my eye over the last three days. Now, the two interior guys are probably not going to be targets for the Rams. Obviously, they're stacked at that position with guys like Aaron Donald. Sebastian Joseph Day, Michael Brockers, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines, potentially Morgan Fox, very many names there. But the two names that stood out the most to me are Ade Ogundeji and Levi Onwuzuriki. Again, not the easiest names to say. 
I thought both of these guys were very good. Ogundeji in particular, I thought used his arms very well. He has 35-inch arms, just long as hell. Levi was quicker than most guards. He was clearly something tough to handle. He converts speed to power very well. And I thought his speed and get-off were just very tough for guards to handle in one-on-ones. The last name that I thought was very good as well was Osa Odigizuwa, who kind of kicked inside, played a little bit outside. A little bit of a tweener, but he looked very, very good. There were certain reps where he was, you know, stonewalled. And you're going to lose some reps, but some other reps, man, he looked very, very potent. And he's the younger brother of former draft Twitter favorite, Owa Odigizuwa, who is not in the NFL anymore. But I'm definitely keeping my eyes on Odigizuwa as a potential mid-round pick for the Rams. And that takes me to the other edge rushers who were not tweeners. They strictly stuck outside. And that's Quincy Roche of Miami and Rashad Weaver. Both had very good days and really good weeks, I guess you could say, at the Senior Bowl at the edge rusher positions, rushing in one-on-ones. Now, Roche didn't do much in terms of the team portions at one-on-ones, but I thought he looked very solid in one-on-ones against the offensive tackles. And Weaver just looked like a potent edge rusher very powerful, very fast. And I definitely think both of these guys could very well be options for the Rams anytime after the second round, I would assume, but it's always tough to gauge draft value as of right now. The number one position I think the Rams are probably going to look at, and that is why I focused a lot of my energy on this positional group and came away with a handful of names that were impressive, is the linebacker group. I think this group is pretty solid, to be quite honest. Now, there is one guy that I thought stood above really everyone else, and that was Jabril Cox, who is probably considered the best linebacker there out of LSU. He could be a late first-round pick. He's most likely going to be a second-round pick, and boy, did he look like the best linebacker there. He was pretty much the only guy who was consistently winning in coverage, and those drills are definitely not designed for linebackers or coverage players to look good. I mean, it's very, very tough to guard a running back one-on-one in the open field, no help, no pass rush, and a two-way go. I mean, it's basically impossible. And somehow Cox was covering up running backs, covering up tight ends. They knew looked very dangerous. And in the team portions, he consistently found his way into the backfield and would have had multiple tackles for loss if they were actually tackling. He is definitely a guy I would keep my eyes on in the second round for the Rams if he finds his way to that pick. I believe it's the 57th pick overall. Some of the other names that I really liked at linebacker, Justin Hilliard of Ohio State, I thought was the best of the trio of Buckeye linebackers they had there. He looked very good as a pass rusher in specific. I thought he was violent, used his hands well, and in coverage, he was pretty solid. Now, there were times where he was exposed a little bit, but again, you know, those drills are not exactly kind to the linebacker position. I thought Hilliard made himself a lot of money this week. Another name that I really liked was Tony Fields the second. I thought he moved very well, was very smooth, looked very athletic in pass coverage. The other two names that I want to highlight, Chaz Surratt, and KJ Britt, I think Surratt looked very good, really at everything, you know, the team portion, he looked solid playing the run, I thought he gained pretty good depth in his coverage against running backs, now he was beat a little bit, but he was pretty much within stride with most guys, so he wasn't exactly egregiously beat on most plays, and I thought he looked pretty solid as a pass rusher too, so a guy that hasn't been playing linebacker for that long, I don't think, a former quarterback, a guy who's probably going to go in the second round, I thought he looked solid in all three phases. Unspectacular, but very solid in all three. KJ Britt, the other name that I wanted to highlight, looked very solid as a pass rusher in specific, but I thought he had a good three days. And then the last player, 
I can't even name because he wasn't on the roster and I couldn't figure out who he was, but he was wearing number 19, the linebacker on the national team. He looked very, very good. Specifically as a pass rusher, he was very violent, very physical, and he was decent in coverage too. And then in the team portion, he was aggressive. He was finding his way into the backfield, setting the edge hard. Like this guy was playing hard. So I'm going to have to figure out who that was, what his name is, because he was playing good. I'm assuming he was called up late to the senior bowl, maybe replacing somebody who was hurt or something of that nature because he was not on the roster. So I could not get his name, which is unfortunate. And the tape is not very clear. So you can't see their names. You can't really tell who their helmets are or even what color they are. It's very tough to see. So that's unfortunate that I can't get the name there. But I will try to find that out for you guys and share it potentially next week. If I don't, please remind me. But that guy stood out as well. And those are the names that stood out mostly for me. I think my top three money makers this week, the three players that I thought performed the best and surprised me the most maybe and solidified their way to making a lot of money in this draft class, specifically in my opinion, center Creed Humphrey. I thought he was absolutely dominant, looked like the best center in the class, and I definitely think he solidified his position there. Wide receiver Amari Rogers from Clemson. He was unguardable, absolutely unguardable. Somebody is going to draft this guy. I don't know when, maybe in the third, maybe in the fourth round, maybe in the fifth round, somewhere in those mid rounds. They're going to place him in the slot position in their offense, and he is going to feast. He's going to beat up on nickel cornerbacks on Sunday. I guarantee it. He's in that Cole Beasley, Wes Welker type of mode where he's just unguardable. Like This guy has so much shake, so much ability to run routes. I do not foresee him failing at the NFL level, and he is not going to be one of those first-round picks like a lot of guys are. The last name, I talked about him just a second ago, Jabril Cox, the linebacker out of LSU. He looked by far like the best linebacker of everyone there, one of the best defenders in general. I think he's definitely going to be one of the better linebackers coming out of this class, and I'm very intrigued to see what teams think of this guy if he lasts to the second round and if the Rams are going to be interested in drafting a player like this and starting to build their defense around a much stronger inside linebacker group. That is all we've got for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed all the Senior Bowl coverage. We're going to continue our off-season coverage as it relates to the Los Angeles Rams next week. So make sure to come back to us. And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QBsMEP and you can find the page at LockedOnRams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.